uh, or GameStop. GameStop stock. You cannot say GameStop the first time, can you? Or GameStop stock. <laughs> Some stonks. <laughs> Welcome to Chronically Narnia, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Chronicles of Narnia chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter three of the book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. This chapter is titled The Lone Islands. I am Pug, your local slave trader, also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. I'm Tax. Tax. Yeah. Also, I guess a slave trader. I was going to be Pug and then you stole that one. I'm sorry. Um, But I am also known as Chris. Hello, Chris. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Cool. Lone Islands. Yes. Why do they call them the Lone Islands? There's like multiple ones, so they're, it's not like a lone island. Yep. Um, but, but they're off on their own, away from the other islands, which are closer to the coast. But we don't know why they were uh, ever owned no. by Narnia or ever controlled by Narnia. We we don't know. That was, they just always, they were before and yeah. and they if might still be. And somebody figured that out. If we, anyone ever finds out though, tell Lewis and he'll write the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were Narnian under the White Witch though. Yes, they, they were, were Narnian under the White Witch yeah. and they have been and they, they have no idea. At least the author of these books or the narrator at least has no clue. No clue whatsoever shall we open up with a summary sure all right who's going first you seem a little sleepy so maybe i should go first um summary yeah so the first thing that we do (laughs) so the first thing we do in this podcast is to uh read our summaries so as we are reading through the chapter each of us choose five sentences out of the chapter to try to summarize the plot points of the chapter as a whole and kind of just go through them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, why don't you go ahead and read your summary first? All right. We're doing this a couple days after I wrote it. That's always challenging because I have to remember uh, you know, you what my words are like. You have to remember what your words are. Yeah. <laughs> because you All right. can't read Yep. Them. All right. So here is my summary. It was a coldish morning. The sky very pale and the sea very dark blue with little white caps of foam. And there a little way off, the starboard bow was the nearest of the Lone Islands, Felimath, like a low green hill in the sea, and behind it, farther off, the gray slopes of its sister Dorne. If Caspian had been as experienced then as he became later on in this voyage, he would not have made this suggestion, but at that moment it seemed an excellent one. There was a moment's struggle, but all the advantages were on one side, and Soon everyone was disarmed and had their hands tied behind their backs, except Reepicheep, writhing in his captor's grip and biting furiously. "'My lord Burn,' said Caspian, "'we must talk about the state of these islands.' Drinian, who was on the lookout for a signal, recognized the royal horn at once, and the dawn treader began standing into shore. "'How many sentences is that?' Five. "'Are you sure?' "'It is.' One, two, three, four, five, yeah. It's a lot of reading you just did. Yeah. 
And you also didn't choose any sentences I chose. Wow. Wow. What are yours? Here's my summary. Mm. Wow. <laughs> the king, the mouse, the two Pevensies, and Eustace all got into the boat and were pulled to the beach of Felimath. In the green valley to which they were descending, six or seven rough-looking men, all armed, were sitting by a tree. Now, youngsters, said the slave dealer, let's have no fuss, and then you'll have nothing to cry about. You remind me of my master, King Caspian of Narnia. Your majesty must work by a show of more power than you really have, and by the terror of the king's name. Okay, okay. I gotcha. So uh, you kind of made this chapter entirely about the Lone Islands as opposed to, like, them actually getting caught. Well, I have a sense the about them getting captured. Or the revelation of Lord Byrne or, like, the actual... I have Lord Byrne in there. Or the actual strategy to try to actually come in and scare off... Um, uh, what's what's his name? The Governor Gumble or something? Yeah, not Gumble. It's something... <laughs> to consult literature because it's been a while since we read the chapter his sufficiency uh-huh gumpus the governor gumpus <laughs> uh anyway so here we are we've made it to the lone islands can can you tell me have you done any research into whether sufficiency is a a title or a dis i have not because like i would really like to know if this is just like as opposed to your excellency Calling mm-hmm. someone your sufficiency. Is it, do I need to do that post haste? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm curious. I'm curious if this is actually like a governor's title or if this is actually like a full on diss to this character. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, we make it to the Lone Islands. We don't know why they're called the Lone Islands, but we have made it there. Uh, we're on board. You've already asked why, and I've already answered. I, I know. I know. Why I was do just, you not I accept was, my answer? I was recapping. And. You should also recant the fact that that was your question that I answered. Yeah. So okay. we know why they're Lone Islands, because they're all by themselves off over there. It's a fan theory. Um, anyway, so, and they decide, hey, it's been a while since Lucy's been on Thelamath, because apparently she had come out here at least once or twice during her tenure as a uh, queen. Yep. And she's like, I want to go on board, and you guys can pull into the port on Dorne. I'm going to walk across Thelamath. Well, it's not her idea to walk across Felomath. She just said, I wish that we could. And Caspian said, I'll give a lady what she wants. Yeah, which is uninhabited. Uh, they keep sheep there, apparently. They did a thousand mm-hmm. years ago <laughs> when Lucy came to Felomath. Yeah. Uh, and apparently still kind of do because they don't see any settlements or anything from the boat. A so- thousand <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, Lucy came to Felimath, mm-hmm. they kept sheep here. Yeah. Maybe the the great, 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 great grand sheep are there from uh, the sheep that she once knew. Uh, anyway. Um, this is why we don't do records at this time of the day. Um, I'm sorry for referencing the time we're recording. You bring it up every every single episode. No, we don't record it this time. Usually, we don't record it this it's time. A, when do we record? It's a running joke. No, it's not. <laughs> when do we record? I don't know. I need to know. When is it that you think we actually record? Because we, I don't think we've ever recorded at the same time twice. Between 3.30 and 4.30 in the morning. Um, 
Every day. Uh, anyway, so we all get on board the little skiff that we're going to take out to uh, Felomath while the other, like, the Dawn Treader sails around the Dorne. We step foot on the island. Uh, they don't go for very long until they encounter a band of uh, armed men. Yep. Kind of rough-looking armed gentlemen. Well, fine. Just quote, <laughs> plagiarize my summary, then why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. Uh and uh, we have a bit of an exchange with them as the gentleman asks the party to uh, sit down and have a drink. Yep. And against their better judgment, they do that. However, Caspian also tells them not to let them know who he is. Correct. This is a little, an important little side note here. Yep. It seems like they're, you know, just kind of, I don't know what I was going to say there. Uh, shady yeah. characters. Yeah. They, they, they seem kind of like shady characters. Caspian uh, doesn't necessarily trust them. Uh, had he had more experience, as my summary said, you know, he wouldn't, he have, wouldn't gone have gone across the island. Wouldn't anyway. chosen to go across the island anyway. Um, but so far, this does seem to be kind of an uninhabited island. But there's just, just you know, this random band of uh, of bandits and slave traders just hanging out. Like I don't necessarily think they're waiting for anybody. This is just an opportunity that walked into their lap, I guess. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they're just uh, they're hanging out, drinking, waiting for the you know the next voyage on the slave ship. Yeah, I mean, um, they seem to be the kind of, like, I want to know why they're here. Like, why are they on the island? Why are they inland? Like, they they obviously, and I feel like they say specifically that the the slaves that they have in the hold of their ship are mostly um, Terebinthians and Galmarines, right? Yeah, they've been they've been going out and raiding like raiding ships. And, so uh, if they've been going out and raiding ships, why are they not on their ship and chilling inland? On like, why are they here? I don't, I don't understand why they're here. Don't know. I mean, they're they're here partially to see the governor who buys. Uh, he, who it, no, the, the, he lives on Dorne. Yeah. Why, why are, are they, they on Felimath? Why are they here? I don't know. Maybe. Why are they here? Maybe they're not welcome in uh, whatever the port town is. Then stay on the boat. <laughs> Why are they here? Why is it just the six or seven of them? Because plot. Who's on the boat watching the other slaves that they have in the hold? Because plot reasons, okay? Anyway, so they're there so they can kidnap Caspian and the crew. Uh, and that's what they do as soon as they sit down. It's just, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them to be here. Well, there's no reason for a lot of people to be a lot of places throughout this book series. Like a lot of hand of the author stuff comes in and just, you know, creates these unlikely circumstances. Okay, but whatever. here we are. He at least tries sometimes to give a reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Everybody's disarmed and has their hands tied except Reepicheep, who is still fighting them furiously. Uh, and, you know, they're just like, don't don't damage the mouse. He's probably worth something. He's, he's probably rat. worth more than the others because he's a trained mouse. Trained t- talking mouse. They don't... They don't comment on the fact that he's the size of a terrier. Mm-hmm. They just comment on the fact that he's a talking mouse. Maybe this is the size of my Sarinarnia. Like, they're just large. <laughs> but, like, the non-talking animals have been notably smaller. Like, mm-hmm. the, the mice the mice were smaller before yes. they ate Aslan's ropes a thousand years ago. So, like, obviously there were smaller mice at some point when they weren't talking mice. Mm-hmm. Now they're all gigantic. So over the last thousand years, have has every my, mouse on the entire Discworld gotten to be the size of terriers, whether they talk or not? That's terrifying. 
That's just be- terrifying. It's because you dislike mice. I. <laughs> That's terrifying. You like rape cheap. Uh. Anyway, he he fights <laughs> to stay uh, unbound, but he does get captured as well. And there, the first uh, I don't know, interesting thing that I want to point out here in this chapter is that they're talking about how much they could get for the captives they have, and they happen to mention that the currency they deal in is the Calorman Crescent. Yes. Which is the same currency that Calorman was using way back in Horse and His Boy. A thousand years ago, yes. And and we can assume, based on that statement, that Calorman is still a thing. Like, nations still exist. Their currency is still It was on the map. Yeah. I've shown you the map a few times. If you had seen the map and looked at it. And they seem to still be in the slave trade. A thousand years later, they're still dealing in slaves. Calorman, yeah. So not a... Maybe. Maybe. We don't know for sure that these are, and like, there is a specific Calarmine influence other than the fact that they're using the Calarmine Crescent. Mm-hmm. What currency do they use in Narnia? We have no discussion of currency in Narnia. We the do. only currency we have discussion of is Calarmine. Yeah, we, we do have mention of them having stores of gold and stuff like that. Yes, but, but like that's, not, that's not a currency. Yeah. That, that's a product of value. Do we not mention gold coins at some point? Like, I don't believe so. Interesting. But either way, the Calarmine Crescent, why would that be the currency used on the islands if Narnia was in fact having a currency mm-hmm. and was in control? That also said, um, for everyone who is desperately wondering to know, Calarmine mm-hmm. Crescent is about a third of a pound. Yeah. In case you in case you were curious. Yeah, if you uh but what was a pound worth in, you know, the fifties in England? I mean, that's a good question. So what we really need to do in this episode is dive into Calarmine currency mm-hmm. and its current day game stock, GameStop stock values. Like we need to know exactly how many Calarmine crescents the current uh, GME rate, like what it, what, what is the value? What is the, what, what is, is it the... converted to Dogecoin though? No, no, no. I, I know what it is in Dogecoin. <laughs> But what is the Calarmine Crescent? How many Dogecoin is that? Yeah, that's a question. We're, we're dating this episode so hard right now. <laughs> Comes out tomorrow. Uh-huh. If anybody listens to this for the first time a year from now, they're just going to be like, what? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. we're, now we're, Dogecoin's going to shoot up after we release this. We're giving it that bump. Oh, we got to get gonna... that bump. <laughs> go buy some Dogecoin, all y'all. Of, all of our subscribers are going to go invest. <laughs> Watch out. We're going to get in trouble for market manipulation. <laughs> Um, so before we get in trouble for that and the SEC comes down on us, uh, so they capture him and they're like, we're going on to Narrowhaven. Eustace really wants to know if there's a British consul there because he is. And he's talking to the slavers who have him tied up and it's like, is there, is there a British consul there? Because like, he's been on the ship for days at this point. Eustace still has not, you know, accepted the fact that they're not in Britain anymore. Or on earth. Like, or on Earth. <laughs> or anywhere where they've ever heard of England. Yep. He just, uh, he can't wrap his head around it. Um. <laughs> so that's what you are, said Caspian. A kidnapper and slaver. I hope you're proud of it. <laughs> now, 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 said the slaver. Don't you start any jaw. The easier take it, the easier you take it, the pleasanter all around. See, I don't do this for fun. I've got my living to make, same as anyone else. Why are we just reading the... This is just... The, this imagery of slavery and the way that, like, it's just presented in the book mm-hmm. feels so very imperialist England. <laughs> like, 
it just, it feels so very, I have a right to take you and sell you as property mm-hmm. because I need it. Yep. Like. It's your job. Everybody's got to make a living somehow. Do not justify slave slaveholders or slave slavers. Now, now is this Lewis making commentary on, uh, you know, imperialist England and... In, in... I, I, I don't know. I'm just... Just, yeah, I'm frustrated with it. I, I don't know. I, I just, hmm. It just seems like such an odd turn to take in this book where we're like, oh, we're going on an adventure and we're looking for these lords and we're going to stumble upon slavers mm-hmm. after we've just finished, like, turning Narnia into its utopian state. Yeah. We're going to go and see how bad things are. And in order to demonstrate how bad things are, we're going to say Terabinthia is like, don't come here. Oh, and then pirates are going to chase us. Oh, and then we're going to go to the Lone Islands, which are supposed to be part of Narnia in this idealized, like, great society that Narnia is becoming. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, no, the, the first thing that happens here is that the people who are here to take authority over these lands are going to be caught and trapped and sold by slavers. Yep. And then, like, it's very much saying, like, oh, yeah, you're your piece of your Narnian empire out here in the middle of nowhere that you're going back to a thousand years later mm-hmm. is very much um, in in this kind of state of slaveholding and trading and, and, yeah. and treating people in this way. And not only that, but before we even get off the island onto the slaver's ship, we meet someone... We do meet someone. Who buys one of them. Uh, so anyway, slave traders have the party kidnapped, and they take him down to a little village uh, overlooking Dorne. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a village, but they go to where they have their ship uh, uh, in, in, in it, Anchor. It says they got down to the shore that looked toward Dorne. They found a little village and a longboat on the beach. There you go. So it is a village. There mm-hmm. is, there is in fact, life. Yeah. On, on Felimath. Not just sheep. Is Not it a sheep just village? Sheep. I don't know. Um, it might be a village of sheep. But <laughs> They might be talking sheep. They might be Narnian talking sheep. <laughs> but a fine looking bearded man comes out. Uh, Is it a woolly beard? Doesn't say that. Is his name Burn? Yeah. I guess who wants to... They're spoiling things. <laughs> he wants to... He wants to look over the wares uh, before the pirates row out to their ship and take their slaves with them. You, you've you completely skipped over Reepicheep's insults that he is heaping yeah. upon these slavers. <laughs> yes. And Lucy really, and I want to read this sentence because I like it a lot. He had stopped biting on the threat of having his mouth tied up, but he had a great deal to say. And Lucy really wondered how any man could bear to have the things said to him, which were said to the slave dealer by the mouse. Mm -hmm. But the slave dealer, far from objecting, only said, go on, whenever Reepicheep paused for breath, occasionally adding, it's as good as a play, or, blimey, you can't help almost thinking it knows what it's saying, or... Was it one of you that trained it? This so infuriated Reepicheep that in the end, the number of things he thought of saying all at once nearly suffocated him and he became silent. Like, though that that paragraph just 
tickled me in like a sincere way where I was just like, I can see myself being that egged on and frustrated by somebody that I just like, (laughs) and can't talk anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really like the way that Lucy is just like, how could any person bear to have these things said to him? That vicious mockery. Yes. He was saving against his psychic damage and it's just like, yep, bring it on. But also it's like, he doesn't actually think that Reepicheep is intelligent. He thinks yep. that Reepicheep is a trained talking mouse like we would consider a parrot. Mm-hmm. So. That'd be weird. It's like having a having a mouse that could imitate human speech. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah it would be, wouldn't anyway. it? objectively weirder than a parrot probably not but i don't know it's a it's a strange mental uh, mental image so yeah we're trained to to be used to the idea of of a parrot being (laughs) able to mimic human speech to some extent yeah so apparently before they take the slaves out to the boat to take them off to you know callerman or wherever they're getting paid for them they got to stop by the lord of this village has they're going to market in narrowhaven tomorrow on dorn so it's obviously a slave market yeah um But we have to stop by this lord's house first, and he's got to look over the slaves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he finds one that he likes uh, and decides to buy Caspian. Yes. Everybody else is just like, whatever. Take Madden 1, the talking rat, you know. Go ahead. Well, (laughs) you would pick the best of them. I've grown very fond of this one, Mm -hmm. you know, in the 35 minutes I've had him. In that short little walk we've had down to the shore, (laughs) I've grown very fond of him. Yes um so 300 crescents which would be a hundred pounds and i'm curious about that like i do actually want to know what that is in modern modern day currency go ahead and look that up uh 100 pounds in 1950 that works out to be almost 3,500 pounds today solid price for a boy yep Uh. sells them for half that but you know (laughs) He starts at 300 crescents, my lord, and he challenges back with 150. Then Lucy starts crying, and the lord goes, All right, you're going to have 150, and walks away with Caspian. <laughs> Basically, just doesn't even, like, that's where the negotiation ends. Yeah, Pug and the slavers aren't really, like, shrewd tradesmen. They're just <laughs> like, all right, yeah, I'll, we'll take whatever. 300, I'll give you 150. Oh, please, don't separate us. 150, then, here you go. Yeah. And Caspian, Caspian walks off with his new masters. Uh, they, the rest of them get rowed out to the slave ship. Uh, oh, and he says, and look, treat these others well while they are in your hands, or it'll be the worst for you. So he's, like, really threatening in hmm. some way, Pug, who we now have the name of, which is the slaver Pug. Yeah. And um, Pug says... Now, who ever heard of a gentleman in my way of business who treated his stock better than what I do? So he's, he's a gentleman pirate slaver. He's apparently slaver. a gentleman pirate slaver. Yeah, you know, that, that classic literature trope. <laughs> um, Why I treat him like my own children. He does. It's likely enough to be true. <laughs> uh, I do want to point out this line, though, uh, even though we've been reading a lot of the chapter, which we try not to do. I don't like, th- is this a light chapter? Is that what we're just reading out it's of the book? It's a very light chapter. <laughs> we're just stretching for time. Yeah. Um, something that I do think is interesting as a character moment is this line. Uh, and there they sat in the straw and the slave ship and wondered what was happening to Caspian and tried to stop Eustace talking as if everyone except himself was to blame. They are. Eustace has no part in this. 
Like, Lucy was the one who daydreamed about walking. Eustace had the option not to go. Yes, but Lucy was like, oh, I would rather, no, it would be lovely to walk on the island. I really, really want to get off this ship, anything to get off this ship. Yeah, he just goes around with, like, Lucy and Caspian's plan. Like, if anybody's to blame, they are. Like, it's it's implying that Eustace has something to do with the situation they're in, which he doesn't. It has to do with the situation he's in. It was 100% his choice to go with them because he wanted to get off the ship. Yeah, I guess Because he wasn't happy about it. Yeah. So I mean, there's there is a there is an argument to be made there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be such a strong Eustace apologist for this entire book. I, it's I, like, <laughs> I'm sure you are. I am which, sure you are. Which I I'm sure that's gonna go really terribly for me because I've never read this book before. I don't know what happens to Eustace. So, who knows? I might regret that decision. We'll see. <laughs> um. So anywho, uh, he gets down. Caspian gets down to the village with his new master. Uh, who we reveal is someone who knew King Caspian of Narnia and he bought this boy because he reminded him of his old master. Yep. Uh, but it's gotta be, which one is it though? It's, it's, uh, there's Argos, there's Byrne, Octesian, Bestemar, Mavramorn. So, so uh, Caspian says, I am your master. And it, yes. And at this point, not only has he forgotten Rube, he's also forgotten another one because he only lists five. Yes. So he, he's just, you know, actively forgetting these lords that he's trying to search for, which is not a good start for him. Um, True. But he did remember which Burn. one this was, and it would have been a really awkward moment if he didn't. He was just like, what was that other one? And the guy's just like, burn. I have forgotten yeah. the others. Yep. Yeah, me. <laughs> me. <laughs> yep. Nice of you to remember. Um, but this is Lord Burn. This is uh, one of his dad's friends who went off uh, and found a girl on the Lone Island that he fell in love with and decided to stay. Apparently. Uh, and this and is... he accepts, based on Caspian's no- knowledge of the other lords... And his face. His appearance, and also his spirit. Yep. He's yes. like, yep, you are you are the king. Give me, a, give me a sword, I'll prove it to you. He also says that his money is not uh, in Pug's purse yet. So, apparently, he didn't pay Pug yet. I, just, I said he paid him earlier. Yeah, I, apparently I Burns that. good for it. And yeah. Pug is just like... Not only am I going to let you talk me down to half my price, I was giving to you. Yeah, you'll give me the money. Yep. Apparently. Uh, So apparently, these two deal together a lot. Now, this is what I was trying to get at earlier, Mm -hmm. where Burn is obviously buying slaves Mm -hmm. from Pug enough that this, like, I I feel that it's a little like I know when we eventually get to his home and like everyone who works for him is free or whatever. Like spoilers. It's still. Like, well, I'm I'm speculating based off of what we just read uh-huh. that Pug and Burn do in fact have a business relationship in which Burn is buying s- slaves from Pug. Yeah. And then we're like, oh yeah, no, but it's okay because everybody who works on his home uh, on his property is free. Like it's problematic because he's still supporting the slave trade and he is not. He's still having these people come work for him and not just, like, freeing them to go home. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, if you were taken from another island, there isn't a lot of easy way to get you back safely without pirates and all of that. But, like, at the same time, you're still enslaving people to work for you. Like, Mm -hmm. better you than someone else, whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm frustrated with it. I'm frustrated with Lord Byrne. Like... On the whole. It's not a good start to uh, defining the lords start. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a good start for the lords. 
Um, anyway, so we get discussion. Uh, Caspian discusses with Lord Byrne uh, that the governor of the islands is Gumpus, and he claims that he still acknowledges the king of Narnia as his lord um, in word, but he's also uh, one of those... Uh, what's the... Steward of Gondor's name. He's very <laughs> Steward of Gondor-esque. Yeah, one of those. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's understandable because there hasn't really been a government of Narnia uh, for a long time. Like, this is the first time any representative of actual Narnia has gone out to the Lone Islands in hundreds of years. Maybe a thousand like, years, yeah. but Lord Byrne was supposed to be one of them, too, so... yeah. But, like, if you have a line of, uh, you know, a line of succession, I'm trying really hard to remember exactly what was said about the Telmarine presence uh, before uh, Mraz. Uh, and this was, well, this was just a Telmarine thing that they didn't really sail. Like, other than these seven lords that Caspian the First sent out. Yeah, we don't actually know if there has been any representative of Narnia in the last thousand years on these islands at all. Like, we have... Yeah. No, no idea. So that would be like a really loyal secession of governors if they just took over the islands, just being like, "Yeah, we're uh, we're pledged to we're, we're we're vassals of Narnia, basically." Yeah, nobody from Narnia has been here in the past five hundred years. I've never met a Narnian. They don't come collect taxes or anything. Uh, but yeah, we're pledged to Narnia. Sure. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the. The, I can imagine for a certain amount of time after the Pevensies left, like, that they would still be, like, I don't know if they were tribute payers or what, but, like, that there would still be some political structure. I mean, at least as long as Tumnus was alive in order to maintain yeah, the Narnian well, government. But, like, after that, Narnia didn't, we don't know anything about Narnian's leadership. Yeah. At all, up until the Telmarines came. Yeah, we just like, don't have enough just, information. Yeah, we don't have any information at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what else happens here? They have this conversation between Caspian and Byrne, and basically establish that, hey, you can't possibly get your friends back with the force you have. It's not going to work out. We're going to have to be smart about this. So he goes and signals to the Dawn Treader, not with Susan's horn. Uh-huh. Um, because, of course, that was left with yes. Trumpkin. Naturally. Who would need it more. Mm-hmm. And... It's going to be, like... I, I just want to jump in there and say it would be hilarious if at some point in the middle of this book, like, Lucy and Edmund just disappear off the ship because Trumpkin <laughs> blows the horn at some point. And Caspian's just like, well... Now we've got Eustace just chilling here. Nice. <laughs> that's exciting. Because that's all the horn does is just pull them back from wherever they happen to be. <laughs> Even if they're already in Narnia. <laughs> yeah. Just like, Whoop. But it will uh, take them to Care Paravel, right? So they'll, they'll just pop back to Care Paravel. And they have to go. Well, at least they know where they pop in now. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we, we figure out we have to be strategic and we have to be smart about this. So Caspian calls in the ship. He gets picked up by Lord Drenian. And they have, you know, this whole planning meeting about what to do where they're like, all right, we can make it seem like we have a larger force here. We're going to sail out of view of... Uh, narrow haven and we're going to run up our flags and we're going to try to signal the other ships and our fleet that we have yep and we're going to make this whole big show about uh we've come here with a force to take back the islands and we're going to scare the pirates into giving up the prisoners no 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 no. we are going to go scare grump gump gumpus gump grumpus yeah gumpus gumpus the governor 
Gumpus yes. the governor. Yes. We're going to go scare Gumpus the governor into um, honoring Narnia's rulership again. Like, yeah. and this, it, they, they, they all want to go after the slavers, but they're like, nah, we got to go deal with Gumpus first. Mm-hmm. They're very much just like, yeah, you know. Caspian was sorry for the others languishing in the hold of Pug's slave ship. But he also, you know, was really excited about planning like a, how he was going to take day. over the Yeah, it was like he got to do some planning. Like he got to have a nice dinner. And it was like, you know, talk to his friends. Like he's just like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Lucy and Emmett have been taken captive. And Eustace, reap yeah. cheap. Well, you, nobody cares about Eustace at this point. He's just like, you know, they can have Eustace. That could be part of the negotiation. It's yeah. like, you guys, no, you guys keep Eustace. It's fine. Please. We really please just want the other him. two and the mouse back. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. And that's that is basically all that happens in this chapter. Yep, that's it. They they go back to Burns Estate. They take the ship around to Burns Estate, which is um Burnstead. <laughs> Hashtag feel the burn. And it's out of sight from Narrowhaven. Mm-hmm. And uh there you go. Yeah, uh, I don't want to say this is an uneventful chapter because, like, things definitely happen. The crew gets kidnapped. Like, they Caspian meet Burns gets Gracious bought. wife they... and marry daughters. Yeah. They meet Lord Burn, the first of the lords here. Uh, you know, he just found the Lone Islands and stopped. Apparently, the other six have moved on. Maybe we'll run into them later. And he's and he's living he's he's living on Felimath. Uh, is that wind or is that an earthquake? That's an earthquake. The lamp is shaking. No, it's not. No, it's wind. Does the lamp usually shake? Oh, the curtains didn't shake, though. Yeah, the curtains are still... Anywho. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to address about the chapter before Um, we move on? And Byrne sends a messenger over by boat to Dorne in order to, uh, to order some preparations. He did not say exactly what for the following day. So there's obviously some amount of trust mm-hmm. that Caspian is putting into Byrne, who just bought him as a slave. Um, <laughs> who else are you going to trust? You know what? They are actually on Avra, I think. Have we been wrong this entire time? No. It, it says they went to a village on the shore of Dor- uh, looking toward Dorne from Felimath. Yes. So Late in the afternoon, for they had to do all by oar, having turned to starboard round the northeast end of Dorne and port again round the point of Avra, they entered into a good harbor on Avra's southern shore. So just the last part. Like they when they went to Burns home. Mm-hmm. They were on Felimath, and then they went to Avra. Cool. Where, where Burn lives, apparently. All right, well, we've established that. Um, I feel like there's a little bit more juice we can bring out of this chapter, but there's no, really nothing else to get into, know. is there? There really, like, I don't feel like there is. I mean, we can just talk about the the value of the Calamine Crescent some more, but like, <laughs> yeah, this chapter is very much presenting the Lone Islands as a this desolate place. You know, I mean, you like, go there to get kidnapped, lavish and. They have islands just for their sheep. Mm-hmm. There are multiple islands where they have different towns and beautiful ports and harbors and slave markets and Narnian lords living there with their wives and married daughters and all of this stuff. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, it. I mean, so far we've painted, a, like you said, a very... But it's a prosperous fief. Yeah, we've we've painted a very bleak picture of the world outside Narnia so far in this book. Yeah, uh, pirates and plagues and slavers and, yeah, like, Narnia has just been restored from Calarmine control, or not Calarmine, Telmarine control mm-hmm. to this, you know, almost utopia, as I've mentioned. Not necessarily. I mean, there's obviously still going to be stuff going on in Narnia, but yes. it's good enough that they can just... The, the king can up and leave for a year and a day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even then, Narnia has been restored at the, you know, basically directly by the will of God. Yeah. Uh, who has come into Narnia and done this himself. And maybe that's kind of what Lewis is trying to say here. Like, all these other godless countries out there that don't know Aslan and don't have him coming in to, to you know, fix their mistakes. Like, look what's happening to them. Like, uh, the Galmians. Where are they from? What's their country called? Galma. Galma. It's the yeah. island of Galma. Yeah, Galma seems like it's doing fine. They're having a big old tournament and, you know, whatnot, and they yeah. get invited to partake in a festival. Like, they're doing okay. They're getting preyed upon by whoever these slavers are. We don't know what country they're from. Yeah. We know they're preying on Galma and Terebinthia, but who knows? Uh, they don't look like Calermans. Calermine. Yeah. You know, they're they're not wearing the, the turbans. Um, <laughs> True. Not in the... Do, do you have art of them? I do have art of them. Do you not have art of them? I have art of the kids all tied up, walking in a line. I have that, and I also have art of them sitting by a tree. And yeah. they just seem like, uh, you know, it's like pudgy English countryside bandits. <laughs> there they, you go. They, they might even look friendly, so I can see how Caspian would be fooled. Gosh, uh... Yeah, so we'll see where that goes. It's not a great start to the journey on our first little uh, island, our island hopping adventure. True. Hasn't gone great. But if there's nothing else to be said, we want to move on to our uh, rewrites. Sure. Because there's nothing that's else. A, yeah, that's about, that's about as far as we can get with that. Yep. All right, I got to remind myself of what my rewritten story was. But I did my summary first if you'd like to do your rewrite first. Yeah, sure. All right, so let's go ahead and do my rewrite. As we are reading through the chapter, we also choose five sentences out of the chapter to try to tell a new story. And this is our five-sentence rewrite, also known as Narnia Chopped and Screwed, frequently with a hashtag at the beginning. So here is my five-sentence rewrite. It was much warmer here than it had been on board, and Lucy found the sand pleasant to her feet as they crossed it. Then they went over the ridge and could see her no more. Oh, please, please, broke in Lucy. Oh, Edmund, how long is it since you and I saw them last? Short enough, sire, said Byrne. Okay. They lost Lucy on the island. Okay. Uh, I thought that's what you were going for, and then you had like a quote quote by lucy well you it's not you don't know it's a quote by lucy it's not a quote by lucy if i don't put a quote tag on it, it. yes that's true it doesn't have to be from lucy <laughs> it's from no. somebody else yeah no I, I i thought it said said lucy no okay edmund okay how long is it since you and i last saw them okay for how long reason. is it since you and i saw them last Ah, huh. okay that's what i said all right so my brain put lucy in there for some reason the sentence before that was oh please please broken lucy Okay, yeah, I, I get you. But, but yeah, Lucy's gotten lost on the island. Yep. Cool. She's lost and alone. Happy story. Yep. 
My favorites. So here's uh, here's mine. Are we to put in here, sire? Asked Drenian. Is there still a governor of the Lone Islands? My liege, your majesty. And there in the field he knelt and kissed the king's hand. Tell me your price, Carrion, said the lord sternly. Oh, I see, said Drenian, rubbing his hands. So what happened? My idea behind that one was uh, that, you know, instead of coming on an exploratory mission, it's Caspian and uh, his captain Drinian coming in as basically uh, reconquering the Lone Islands. Okay. And coming in and, you know, finding Burns, being like, yeah, you're, I'm in charge now, deal with it. Oh. And then coming in as conquerors versus those who Sneaky were kidnapped conquerors. victims. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a lot to work with here. <laughs> there yeah. weren't a. It was a. It was a hard chapter to rewrite. Yeah, it's a difficult chapter because it was like they're on the boat, they're on the shore, they're in custody, they're oh now they're separate. And he had a conversation and then got on a boat and went somewhere and had a good meal and they got on a boat. And sat there while Eustace complained. A lot of getting on and off boats. Yeah. It's been... And neither one of us included that, you know? <laughs> it's weird. So, do we want to go ahead and move on to our baseless speculation? Sure. Let's do it. Um, so, what do we do in baseless speculation? Uh, so, unlike Kristen, uh, before this podcast, I have not read any of these books, so I have no idea what the plot is or what any of these characters are going to end up doing. So, what I like to do is go and you know, use the information that I presented with in the book and try to draw stupid conclusions mainly uh, and and wild fan theories as to where the storyline is going. Sometimes I come up with ideas that are better than what the book actually turns out being, but uh, hopefully not. Uh, again, this one, this chapter was kind of slim pickings and it didn't really give me a lot to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought the most interesting thread to pull at was, uh, as we talked about a little bit, this relationship between burn and the slavers obviously there is a past here yeah between pug and burn and so that makes me think this is a this is not a setup but it's all it's very put on it's like hey don treader's coming to the island they get on the island they immediately get kidnapped they immediately take him to this random dude who's just like yeah i'll buy caspian mm-hmm and he just so happens to be like one of his father's lords who has a relationship with the slaver. And I, I don't know what the angle is here because I don't want to say like, hey, Burns been in the business of kidnapping Narnian children who just happened to sail over to the islands because that's not really been a thing. Yeah. But there's definitely there's definitely something there that Burns trying to he's trying to pull something off. Like, Burns looking for somebody, maybe looking for something. Like, he's he's buying all these slaves for a reason. Okay. Uh, and you you kind of spoil it a little bit for me because you're like, oh, they go to his, they go to his house, they go to Burnstead, and all the slaves that he's bought are quote-unquote free. See, I didn't know that. that. No, that line is in the book. Is it? Yeah. Okay. They, I mean, they look out. It's the last paragraph. It's the third line from the end. Burns people, many of whom they saw working in the fields, were all free men, and it was a happy and prosperous fief. Okay. I just, I read the yeah. ha last half of that sentence. Okay. I just, I just skip over the, uh, the end chapters, or the end sentences of each, these chapters. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, you got anything there? Do you think I'm onto something? 
Like, I mean, if I, I feel like Byrne is somebody who has influence here. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think he obviously. is. And if he's somebody who has influence, like, I feel like he could be angling for change in a different way rather than just spending all his money buying up a bunch of slaves that Pug comes through with. Because, like, Pug at least, you know, doesn't necessarily seem to fear him, but at least respects him enough to give him, you know... His price. Give him his price. Yeah. And to just give him a slave without seeing money first. Yeah. Well, he knows that he's got the money and... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, I don't know. Burn, Burn has some pull here, but uh, just for whatever reason can't... Uh, can't manage to affect change or maybe maybe he's playing the long game and there's there's something going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of well he sent a messenger with tasks that we don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like and the characters don't know yeah i don't know maybe maybe instead of being or maybe here's another angle on burn because he i think he is the most interesting character in this chapter by far you know hey, look, we there was an earthquake ha the the blinds didn't shake like it was only a 2.6 where i'm looking it was in california <laughs> i'm i'm seeing if this is close enough that we would have felt it mm-hmm. but there were two in california yeah no i'm too far away we wouldn't have felt that anyway uh another angle that we could get on burn is we're we're looking at him in this chapter as like the first of these lords that caspian comes across in his journey and i just kind of go in assuming yeah, he's the one that dropped off the fleet first. He settled on the Lone Islands, uh, and all the other ones went on without him. What if he's the last one? What if? What if the other six just, like, ran off or died or went somewhere else, and he, like, this is it. This is the end of the line for the lords, and he made it the furthest. I mean, I'm pretty sure he says that he found a woman here and the rest went on without him, but... I'm grasping at straws. I'm trying so I'm, hard to I'm come up with something. Trying. <laughs> this is your segment. I know, I know. I'm just trying really hard to come up with an interesting narrative. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. There's, He's got some angle. There's a history there. What if Byrne is Gumpus? That's a good angle for you to take. That's, Maybe I mean, he is the governor of the island. It could be. I mean, gosh. Why would you choose that as your alias, though? No. <laughs> governor Gumpus. Governor His Gumpus. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrible title if you get to choose your own. <laughs> um, anyway, if, unless you don't have, unless you have anything, then nope. I got nothing else. All right. I, I feel like I was trying to pad out for time because I feel like this is a really short episode. It is, and that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a long episode. I Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Please join us next week as we discuss Chapter 4 of The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Chapter 4 is called What Caspian Did There. Where? I don't know, but <laughs> what about Lucy and Edmund and Eustace and... You're just going to sit in the bottom of the ship. Reap a cheap. We're, nope, we're just going to follow Caspian on the rest Ooh, of his did, endeavor. Does does Eustace get to write one of his little diary entries from, like, the belly of this slave ship? Because that would be, like, a fantastic in-character moment. It would be a fantastic uh-huh. in-character moment. I told you that the next of his diary entries is in Chapter 5. Darn. So I'm... we might get one because the next chapter is just about what Caspian did there. Yeah, except I don't think they're going to spend that long here because we got to get we we have other islands to hop to. Like True. this is the first island. Come on. Yep. I mean, it's really like the third, but okay. Mm-hmm. They went to Galva, Terabinthia, and I'm trying real hard to like Eustace. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. So join us next week for that and. Um... If you are interested in participating in our discussion, or if you felt an earthquake today, you can let us know at 
Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. What are they supposed to send their fan art of? The inside of the slave ship. And if you want to send us some money so that we can buy some more Dogecoin uh, or GameStop, GameStop stock. You cannot say GameStop the first time, can you? Or GameStop stock. <laughs> some stonks. <laughs> then you can do that at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us and listening. And uh, if you ever stumble across six or seven burly looking men having a drink under a tree, um, don't join them for a drink. And certainly don't tell them that you're a king. And if you're going on a fun boat trip, leave your special horn at home. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Um, but I'm going to say that after I do the tags because I need to give us all of the rest of our information. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's so long since we recorded this show. Wow. What are yours? Here's my summary. Mm. Wow. <laughs> no, it's not. When do we record? I don't know. I need to know. When is it that you think we actually record? Why, Why are, are they, they on, on Felomath? Why are they here? I don't know. Maybe. Why are they here? Try that again. No. I'll laugh this time. <laughs> we are going to go scare Grump, Gump, Gumpus, Gump, Grumpus. Yeah, Gumpus. Gumpus the governor. Gumpus yes. the governor. Yes. We're gonna go scare Gumpus the governor. No. Uh, a fine-looking bearded. No. What? Okay, okay. They do not leave the island. No. No. They said that they're going oh. to Narrow Haven oh, okay. for market day tomorrow. So anyway, but I'm gonna read. But they re meet okay. the other the Lord here. Okay, redo all that because I sound like an idiot. Yeah. Okay.